Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand the intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Lekoko. La space. Good evening, everyone. Um, just a few seconds. If I am audible, Kumo, I'm just testing. I'm hosting the space in a car. Twaniyadima. Hashtag Twaniyadima. Um, if I am audible, Kumo, please give me a purple heart. I'm trying to get Simone to connect. Am I 100% audible? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm just trying to get it to connect and then we're going to have this space. Yeah, it's going to be a special edition one. 30 minutes is all she has, unfortunately. And unfortunately, unfortunately, so we can squeeze in as much as possible. My guest is here and I'm going to throw the mic at her and then we can have this chat. Simone, um, I see you here. Please request the mic, bottom left of your screen, and we can have this engagement. I've thrown you the mic. Um, please do accept, and we can quickly wrap it up. Oh, she's here. Good evening, and welcome to Likokola Space. Please unmute your mic. I'm sure you're talking and yeah. Sorry. Okay, is everything yeah. working now? Good evening, guys. Thanks for having 100. me. 100. I've been trying to get you here for a while, you know, <laughs> if not months. Uh, <laughs> trying to DM you and have that space, you know, and and, and have a conversation. Yeah, apologies, man. I don't really check DMs very often, but I'm glad I'm here tonight. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. All right. Just to keep you abreast as to what's happening, um, this will form part of our podcast. Um, we does go out uh, every two weeks. So yeah, um, we're looking forward to learning from you. We know we only have you for like, well, 25 minutes now. But yeah, we're looking forward to learning from you from as much as possible and we can try and milk it. So without wasting further time, um, Simone, the biokinetist. Yo, that word always dribbles me. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> So it's biokineticist. All right. What does this bio person do? <laughs> what, what what does the role entail? Oh, well, biokinetics is a profession that's so, to, to explain it, it's sort of in between fitness conditioning and injury rehabilitation. Um, it's sort of in between, picture this person being in between your physiotherapist and your fitness conditioning coach, you know. Um, biokineticists are qualified. Um, we work in the medical profession. We have obviously medical um, representation. We have to have an HPC number and so on. But we basically service three major scopes. We do 
uh, chronic rehabilitation where people have had heart attacks or diabetes or they have um, neurological disorders like multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease or a stroke. Then we do general wellness where you just literally need to lose weight and you know you want to be looking after yourself, have good blood pressure, good cholesterol. And then we do what I do, which is uh, orthopedic injuries. We look at knee injuries, hip injuries, shoulder injuries, hamstrings, groins, ankles, you know, and obviously we rehabilitate those and we treat those. So I think that uh, to explain it, um, biochemist is this in-between sort of a conditioning coach where they focus more on just conditioning and a physio where they focus more on injuries. We sort of overlap and we can do both. All right, and with you now being able to overlap and do both, I guess that kind of makes it easy to get into sport. Are you only <laughs> football related or you can pretty much do anything? No, no, I can do any sport. I've done um, many different sports. Um, I've done rugby, I've done athletics, I've been to swimming World Cup. Uh, the one that stands out the most for me is the Deaf Olympics. I've done the Deaf Olympics. I've obviously done football at the that, Olympics. That, that must have been a challenge. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting one. It was it was lovely, actually. It's one of the highlights of my career this far. Um, you know, uh, yes, you're working with deaf athletes, but you sort of love those, the, the, I think it was four weeks, three weeks, you know, three and a half weeks or so. You love those those weeks in their, in their skin, you know, because everybody's sign languaging around you. And, you know, it's it was, it was absolutely amazing. It's an experience. It's a highlight of my career this far, and I've done, Swimming World Cup, I've done a normal Olympics, you know, so <laughs> you can just imagine how amazing the Deaf Olympics must have been. Definitely. Um, for those of you that joined the space, um, because it's un- unfortunately we only have it for 30 minutes, I'm going to open the last 20 minutes for open questions. Anybody that would like to ask any questions, they're more than welcome to request and then I'll add them in because I don't want to hog the guest and be the one that's asking all the questions. Now, Simone, let's bring it to football and yes. the PSL to be precise. Yes. Sure, it, it, it must be tough being in an environment full of testosterone. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a bit of both. It's tough at times. It's really fun at times. It's, uh, you know, it's like anything in life. It's what you make of it. Any situation in life, it's what you make of it. So, yeah, it's, it's challenging, but I welcome any challenge, you know. Uh, and, you know, with with the guests that I've interviewed, the ladies' uh, guests that I've interviewed, most of them that are in the league, their primary concern is lack of respect or lack of respect for their art and lack of respect for their time that they would be getting generally. So they pretty much be looked down upon. Are you, have you ever experienced something like that? Is it something that you continuously experience or you fortunate that you've never experienced it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I've experienced that being a female in the football industry. Um, I sort of assert my dominance and sort of I yeah, fill the space. I don't know how to put it, but I think one of the things that is maybe a disadvantage is just the fact that it's so difficult for a female to get into, uh, you know, a male, the male-dominated industry. Um, I mean, it took me studying my undergraduate for three years, followed by an honors for two years, followed by a master's for three years, just to get my foot in the door, you know. And what I mean by that is just to get my foot in the door to volunteer. I volunteered at Stars of Africa for three years at Stars of Schools for one year. I did an um, 
uh, Kiona team search project and then only I got my foot in the door to work with the national teams and finally got my foot in the door to work in the NFD and built my way up, you know, and promoted a team into the PSL. I just think opportunities are what lacks for us females, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, let's let's bring it to the PSL before, for, for the sake of time. Um, I want to talk about Highlands Park and yes. the squad that you were responsible for. Um, okay. A lot of people are not aware of this, but Highlands Park had a lot of players. And how were you able to make? I think, if I'm not mistaken, you clocked 40 at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it was a team that, um, you know, the coach took over. Um, they were in trouble, they were in the NFD, they had already played five games, they were not doing well, they were extremely unconditioned, wow. Uh, all five years of Nate Pankyuna team search and that is players that you basically take from different parts of the world, you know, different parts of South Africa, just playing like foot, street football, you select them. All five years of Kiona uh, team fitness results were better than the Highlands Park team fitness results when we took over that team so I had a challenge really? cut out for me yeah and I've got it on paper hey I've got it I can prove it I can show everybody <laughs> and my challenge cut out for me you know and when I actually saw those results I was like wow am I really gonna try this am I really gonna take this on oh my goodness this scares me but you know like I said I welcome a challenge and we're able to turn the corner and actually win that NFD record breaking you know and I think the reason we had so many players was because we were obviously looking to improve heading to the PSL. We had one promotion with five games left. You know, so there was planning and process. There was looking at other players. What can we bring in? Who can we keep? And, you know, it ended up, we, we ended up keeping majority of our NFD players going into the PSL to strengthen, you know, in certain positions and with some experience. And, and, and let's talk about the conditioning thereof because you had to transition with the team from the NFD to... Um, the PSR yes. is it which which of the two leagues is is more demanding because I am asking this deliberately mm. because one yeah. would a- assume that the PSR would be more demanding and that might not necessarily be the case no definitely the PSR is more demanding because games are more often you know there's more cups you're basically playing some some weekends and some midweek games. Um, the PSL is far more demanding, but I think that coming into the, that NFD team at a late stage and the fitness results being what it was, that for me was a big challenge, you know. So I was only in the NFD for one season, they were promoted the team. So comparing the two uh, is a bit difficult because of the state I found Highlands Park in. It was a challenge to get them to where I needed them while already played, having played five games, already in season, needing to win games, you know, extremely unconditioned. But yeah, it taught me a lot, you know. And when, when I got to the PSL, um, a lot of the base work was done. Luckily, we kept majority of the same players. So I just had to build on what I already implemented in the NFD. And, and you know, without giving away a lot of your, your, your trade, your tools of the trade, um, what is it that the first thing, one of the first things that you had to do when, when you got into that team, when you found it in a shape that it was in, um, just to try and have an idea of to which state it was in and where you had to get it? Well, I had to I had to send them for a fitness test battery to to understand where these guys are, you know, um, because the coach that called me obviously said to to me, look, fitness is a big problem. I don't know 
how 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 I'm gonna go about fixing it uh, in season already having played five games. So I said send them for a test battery, so you know exactly how bad it is or how good it is. You might you might find that it's not that bad, you know. And yeah, that test battery came back terrible. <laughs> it's good, <laughs> but but yeah. <laughs> And 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 mm-hmm. yeah, no, carry on, carry on. Now you make them do the fitness test so that you can get the results. You get the, you see the results on paper, and when you see the results on paper, you can go ahead and plan the way forward. And 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 obviously, with your plan, it would it would entail you putting out processes that have to be followed. Um, South African players are known to be reluctant to putting in the work. It, it, uh-huh. it's an open it's an open secret um do, did you by any chance have to do a bit of convincing or was the fact that these players are from the nfd and they're hungry um hungrier made it easier for you to try and impl- implement and take risks well you have your outliers you have players that are obviously going to be a little bit lazy a little bit reliant on their talent you know you're the extremely talented players that come off with a bit of a lazy or a lack of willingness demeanor you have those outliers but the majority of them responded quite well you know they had the same desire to gain promotion the, the i mean the psl the nfd it's a very cutthroat industry there's only so many spaces for so many players so you really need to get yourself into a position where you can keep your job sometimes you know so I think it's motivation enough and um, once they saw what, uh, and I, I, I actually did things in a very smart way, I I used my warm-up to basically get them conditioned because we were already in the preseason. So they did work that conditioned them that they weren't really thinking of as extra fitness. You know, it just I sort of wormed it into a warm-up. I, I planned it in a way that they wouldn't feel it as much. I had to periodize it appropriately because we all were already in season. You know, one of the most important things as a person dealing with injuries and conditioning in professional leagues is to work in the moment. You know, there is no prescribed textbook that's going to tell you what's going to work best. You've got to work in the moment and adapt to the, the current circumstances. So, yeah, qualifications and thinking on the spot becomes very important. And, and you're mentioning a word that we've come accustomed to. Um, you you said periodize and, and automatically that, to me, that rings periodization. We once witnessed a team uh, training at 2 a.m., what exactly is periodization for a person that's listening in? Because maybe to a lay person, that means teams have to train in the AMs. <laughs> no, no. Periodization is basically planning how you're going to load and recover your team so that they can sustain a certain level of output for a 90-minute game for so many games within a week or so many games within a month and so many games within a season. So, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes in behind the scenes that people might not see and might not know about that actually enables certain players to sustain a full 90 minutes and also when cup games come along, extra time and so on. You know, the way you train, your load, your recovery, are you training high load, low load, medium load? How are you planning it? Where are you placing it? It's it's actual full science that goes behind it. And when teams get it right, you really see them flourishing. And you know with that, because now you're mentioning, uh, I would automatically assume that there's a there's a timetable. I'm thinking of school and a timetable <laughs> that you have to balance, you have to balance things. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. 
how tricky is it for you to bearing in mind that you know like we like we mentioned earlier on with south african players and and not wanting to put in the work how tricky is it preparing for a pre-season training and how likely is a player to get injured during the pre-season training um well it's not really tricky if you if you have the know-how you know and if you're working with a good bunch of boys that are very responsive to your methods and also if you have a supportive um technical team and a coach that believes in your abilities and you work well in terms of you know how you apply your mind because it's not your mind only you've got to work as a collective that's why they call it a technical team and a medical team so a biogenesis would like form part of both the technical team as well as the medical team so it doesn't it's not really tricky if you actually if you if you have the know-how you know it's like um driving a car it's not really tricky if you know how to drive but while you're learning to drive it can be quite tricky so once you have the know how it becomes really simple you've got to make it as simple as possible if you overcomplicate it that's where things go wrong you know and i don't really think it's it's a i mean it's a matter of like i said outliers you get certain players that would put up resistance to certain things that must be done but it just takes a good captain or a good leader or someone to set the example like for example i worked with the likes of peter shalolile and he was always eager he always wanted to do extra so when you have someone like that in the midst of the group they sort of carry the rest of them you know you can't exactly be seen to be falling too far behind so you just need that one player to spark something and and you won't have any problems with whatever you're trying to implement in pre-season or in your conditioning regime or whatever it might be also good leadership i had mutobimvala who was a very humble boy a very good captain a very good leader you know i had bevan fransman in my in my squad which is is an utmost professional so it takes two or three players like that and the rest just follow suit and mentioning this unicorn and i'm talking about peter you <laughs> you know um what i want to find out because there's a lot of players i know i know i'm, I'm i might be sidetracking a bit but i feel that i have to ask this question there's a lot of players that a lot of people rather supporters that feel that peter is constantly on the floor and when i'm saying on the floor i mean uh, when he, whenever he takes a shot he has to fall is there signs to this because somebody once mentioned that it's how he's built Um no I don't really think that that's got anything to do with how he's built it's just his technique and let's be honest it's working for him <laughs> um I think I come I come a long way with Peter I come with him from a time where things were not working for him where he was not playing at all I think a lot of people don't realize that Peter's first season in the PSL was with Highlands Park and he got relegated um he barely scored any goals um you know when we got to the nfd he had barely scored any goals he was on the bench not really playing many games and it, it took a lot to get the best out of peter and then he went on to be top goal scorer in the nfd followed by top goal scorer in the psl this all happened before sundowns even bought him so um i just think that that is is peter's style and it's working for him so um i think that sundowns coaches have done extremely well to polish the diamond that they that they 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 they, they bought you know from highlands park and um whether he's falling on the ground or flying in the air the boy scoring and yes. I, i i'm absolutely in awe of his work ethic and his desire and his his attitude you know as uh, he's just the type of player you can't fault 
uh, a type of player you can fold indeed um let's talk about something that i have always wanted to talk about and maybe it's a secret maybe today we're going to find out injuries what are the most common injuries in in the league oh no that's that's no secret um uh, well you know you get the most common injuries that you find well with in football in general is hamstring injuries groin injuries that's muscle wise and then in terms of joints you have your ankle and your knees those are the most common common injuries that that occur i mean i think we just saw now reef rosler strained his hamstring in the chiefs uh, cape town city game so yeah those are those are quite common and out of these common injuries which injury or injuries would then point to you probably overtraining the team so if i say if a lot of players get this type of injuries then you are overtraining the team okay so that becomes a little bit more specific other than you know the general question of which which injuries are more common in football um you get a term within the medical field doctors use it physios use it buyers use it carriers use it called overuse injuries Overuse injuries are the ones that come about when a team is overtrained. So uh, injuries such as ITB friction syndrome. Please excuse my dogs. <laughs> ITB friction syndrome and and those studies. Many uh, patellar tendonitis. I think Ngezana has his his knee strapped right now. Uh, looks like patellar tendonitis strapping. Um, so you know they 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 are they. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it looks like. Um, there are many injuries that are caused by overuse. There are particular specific injuries that are caused by overuse. Usually tendon, tendons flare up. Tendons are the, the, the part of the muscle that attaches to the bone. So you get a lot of tendonitis, be it in your knee, your ankle, you know, the hamstring tendon can flare up. Those are the type of injuries that occur when you've been overtrained um, or you are not conditioned enough to manage the load that is required of you. There's two things in, in, in conditioning. You can either be overtrained, which means you've been push too far too hard too fast or you can be undertrained and now the load that you must carry is too much too soon you know and that results in um obvious injuries all right um i'm just going to accept some of the people that have requested i see you guys have requested and i'm not like i said um, the space is going to be sh- is short and i'm going to give you guys as 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 my, as many chances as possible so i i request that please please do guys please do send through your request we accept and then we move on now you know i've seen the ice bath and and to me maybe it's just a bunch of boys having fun after after the match how important is that still relevant with modern modern day science uh, is it still necessary and what is the actual what is the primary purpose of that thing Um yeah it's very very re- relevant and believe me it's not fun not fun at all they all try to run away from it <laughs> well yeah you'll get the the few that actually want it but um it's not fun at all so the purpose of it is obviously for recovery um uh, post 90 minute game your body your muscles have been through a lot and what ice basically does is it causes vasoconstriction which basically um stops the blood from flowing and then once you get out of the ice your body temperature obviously goes back to normal and then the blood flows and that just sort of creates a pump system within your muscles to help flush out lactic acid and lactic acid is is what builds up you know during a 90 minute game or during an intense training session so obviously ice baths are most 
uh, often required after intense training, high intensity training or a full 90 minute game, you know, games that lead into extra time. Yeah, so it's of utmost importance. It's something that I use very religiously. Alrighty, uh, we are learning. I hope we have our, we have our notepads. Uh, I, I have mine. I'm, I'm writing things down. And yeah, Benedict, you may pose your question. Thanks, Lukoko, and uh, good evening to everyone. Uh, Simone, um, Benedict here. I once uh, posed a question on Robert Marawa's show, but didn't get a chance to get a full answer. So it's related to um, what your uh, long-term athletic development plan would be. I think given your experience, I'm really curious to know, having worked with uh, injuries and also worked on the performance with athletes to prepare them for the PSL, what would your long-term athletic development plan look like if we were to go from academy right into first team, which is a transition that maybe in the PSL or in South Africa we're missing at the moment. Um, yeah, I'll listen further. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Benedict, and thanks for the question. Um, but I think we'd need a lot more time for me to basically break down such a long-term plan um, that the, I think the word long-term describes how much um, would actually have to go into a plan of that nature from academy all the way up to professional level you know it would be quite a process to actually compile a long-term plan in that way considering the age of um, players at academy level and how their body develops you know we, I think well in the medical industry we, we are aware of growth plates that are still open when you're a youngster certain injuries that can occur as a result of open growth plates and so on so yes um, if I had to develop a long-term plan I'd consider a whole lot of things that would sort of bridge the gap between injury prevention at a, at a young age and conditioning because uh, in today's PSL, there's a lot of injuries that come about because of how a player suffered as a youngster. You know, as a youngster, you just pop a panado or you use some ice spray and you play through the pain. And then in your latter years, when you're professional, that doing that type of thing actually catches up with you. Uh, one of the players I worked with very closely, given Simongo, he uh, suffered from a a growth plate related injury. Obviously, I can't divulge uh, information because it's patient confidentiality, but um, you know, he in his young years played through that pain and it resulted in a whole lot of injuries that creeped up as he, you know, became more and more professional, which he's had to deal with, which put him on the sidelines for a while. And it's it's great to see that post-operation he's, he's doing very well now. Right. Um, it's always refreshing seeing people that I've hosted being on the other side of the mic. Uh, Gabelo, welcome to the space. Please unmute your mic. Good evening, how are you? <laughs> All right, yourself? <laughs> hey, um, hey. Hi, Queen Frog. Um, <laughs> mine is not really a question, but uh, for me, it's just to say uh, how proud I am of Simone. Uh, I started working with her in 2012 on the Nipanki on a team search. And just to see her growth uh, within the industry has been phenomenal. Um, we've had many great moments together and literally she was the glue that kind of kept all us guys uh, together because we had a lot of injuries. Uh, during our time, during the Nedbanki on a team search, uh, we had a lot of players, obviously, we didn't know their backgrounds like you have the luxury in the PSL or NFT to have players every day. 
but uh, she always managed to to fix them up and and make them in condition to play. Um, but really, I'm just very proud of her journey, and I hope it continues. Uh, to bigger and better things and she's definitely if not the best uh, bio within the industry so just a shout out to Simone and um, it was great seeing you last week and uh, keep doing what you're doing thank you so much KB coming from you it's an absolute honor and yeah I mean our years of working together was was pure bliss like I said you guys asked me if I had any resistance from being from having too much testosterone around uh, the guys treated me like a like a like a lady deserves to be treated and um, working with the likes of KB was really an honor and we all know KB's achievements and what he's done for the football industry and how he's traveled the whole of Africa representing us at CAF and yeah I'm honored to say that I've, I've worked with you KB and thank you so much for the encouraging and inspirational words that you've just given me and and you know speaking speaking of KB and speaking of his achievements, um, there seems to be an, an an exodus of South Africans that are trekking up north. Is it something that you open to, Simone? <laughs> um, well, I'm the type of person that believes very much in grow where God plants you. So wherever God plans on planting me is where I'll grow, and whatever I am. Whatever God has planned for me to do, I give my best at and I do to 100% of my ability. So it's not something I draw out, but it is also something I'm realistic about. And um, a woman working in Africa, you know, within the within the football industries and the professional league is, is accepted in some countries. In some countries, it wouldn't work. For example, in Egypt, you know. So... Yeah, it's not something I'm closing off to, but it's I'm, I'm realistic about the possibilities of that, you know? Alrighty. Um, and before I... I know we, we, we've reached the end of our space. That felt really short. But yeah, uh, I want to find out from you. Um, we're noticing a lot of teams, especially now with games coming thick and fast. This is going to be an abnormal season where games will be will be compacted so a lot of teams will be playing a lot of games uh, in a short space of time how would one try and combat injuries because i think at that it, it's at that moment that you can barely try and you know you know prevent te- the team from getting injured because of the amount of games that are coming well you're not supposed to react to that you're supposed to be proactive towards that um, like KB mentioned, you have an in-depth knowledge of the player you're working with. You, um, Obviously, something we didn't have at Kiona Team Search, but you you get to plan, you know. You get a full pre-season. You get before your pre-season, you know, where, where your technical team comes together and plans. You, you understand what the fixtures look like. You understand what your season's going to look like. And that's where you basically put together your macro and micro micro cycles and your meso cycles that's in terms of periodization and like i said if you get your periodization right then it shouldn't be much of a challenge um it's it's known information that there's going to be many games before the long break for the world cup and then there's going to be many games in a short period of time and it's just a matter of planning properly and periodizing properly and conditioning players properly using as many injury preventative methodologies as you can 
um, you know, I'd like to compare the situation to COVID. You know, we never, we never knew COVID was going to hit us like that. We never knew that we were all going to be locked down and we've got to keep fit because we don't know when we'll start playing again. We never knew we'd be, you know, put in a bubble situation, and that was uncanny that was now oh my word we have to think on our feet we have to plan in the moment we have to adjust to to what's happening and that's what we all needed to do but this situation it's well known it's well known that games are going to be back to back it's well known that there's going to be a long break and then it's well known that games will be back to back after the long break so plan 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 appropriately and you should be fine Planning, 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 planning. Um, we do have a, one speaker. Um, with your permission, of course. Um, no problem. No problem. We can continue. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, Pua, you may pose your question. Uh, please unmute um, your mic. Thank you, Cox. Um, hi, Simon. Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Carry on, my brother. Uh, my audio. Yes, you are. Yes, you may carry on. All right. Um, um, yeah. First of all, yeah, it's um, Simone, top trainer, top trainer. Um, been watching Highlands Park since I was living at Tembisa. You no, know, it's always been amazing to watch Highlands Park at Makulong Stadium. Seeing the hard running football they used to produce. You know. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you for that. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, as also a trainer um, and a coach, I wanted to find out um, how do you structure a daily training session based on the data you you got um, from the match that you played uh, in order to maybe restructure your periodization plan uh, based on the data you you have you have you have received from maybe your performance analysis department if the players um, covered shorter distances or if the players uh, went to, went past a threshold of kilometers covered what what gives you that validation okay that's an interesting question um, but a single day should never be isolated from a week or from a two weekly cycle or from a monthly cycle that's where periodization becomes important so yes you might play a game where you get data that's unusual because of the demands that that specific game posed but um, that's why it's also important for your conditioning coaches and your bios and whoever is part of that um, part of the team to be involved in video sessions to understand what the demands are physically that the opposition will pose because a lot of these things need to be anticipated like i said earlier a reactive way of 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 doing things in the psl can cause you to lag behind you know you've got to anticipate that look we are playing against i think one of the teams that really really brought high tempo football last season was cape town city um we are playing against cape town city it's going to be a high tempo game fast paced um you know and as your conditioning coach as your bio as a person responsible for recovery regeneration periodization and planning and structuring i've got to be in that video session and video analysis to look at their explosive movements to look at the demands the game is going to pose on my team and to plan how am I going to you know uh, um, adjust my my plan going into the Cape Town City game for example and what am I going to do after the game because this game might be more demanding than the previous game was you know so it's all you, you can't plan in isolation you've got to be able to plan 
for a full cycle as well as also adapt to certain situations that come in the moment. You've got to be adaptable because yes, things will happen on the day, things will happen the day after that you might not have anticipated. You might decide, wow, that game was so high tempo. Um, I need my players in tomorrow to do a flush and off the, the following days because 72 hours after a very high tempo game is best to rest, you know. Or you might decide that now my, my players are mentally fatigued, not just physically fatigued, so let's rather give them two days off in a row. And that's adapting to the current situation, but also anticipating that this is a possibility or probability after a certain game. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Pure, for that. Um, I think that essentially brings us to the end of our space and a very informative one. Short, but very informative. Necessary. And and I feel that... I, your parting shot, Simone, before I close the space. Uh, no, I just like to say thank you to you for inviting me into your space and um thank you to the listeners um and enjoy the remainder of the cape town city versus kaiser chiefs game i think that's what majority of people are tuned into now um <laughs> so yeah I, I, I was led i was led to believe that uh, a lot of them would be watching the game on mute so because that's <laughs> what they usually do so yeah <laughs> Awesome. But thanks for having me. I do appreciate the time you took to um, invite me onto your space. All right. Thank you very much, Simone. Um, we've watched your team. Uh, we've watched you work your magic. We've watched you grow in the industry. We've watched you take challenges and we've watched you pioneer new roads. Um, you've given us the likes of Peter Shalulile. You've given us the fit Peter Shalulile. You've given <laughs> us the likes of Efit um, Toby Pogba Mvala. You've given us a whole array of players that are fit. You've given us a Highlands Park that could run for 90 minutes nonstop. And we do acknowledge that. We see your work. Like KB has said, uh, we've watched your rise, a meteoric rise at that. And we wanted to say, as football fans, we've noticed and we are truly grateful for having you. And may your rise continue and you soar to greater heights. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your kind and inspirational words. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, everybody else is joining to the space. Thank you very much for taking your time and joining here. You're more than welcome now to go and you have unmute your TV set and watch the rest of the match. I really appreciate you guys taking your time and being here. I never take that for granted. Uh, remember to treat the people that you love right. Um, I love you all. Cheers, cheers.